The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, let's get it done. It's Monday, the 20th of November, 2023. Kenya, Adam and Eva, TNT Radio. It's now TNT Vision. I'm not sure what the exact branding is, but uh, our, one of our illustrious leaders, Mr. Mike Brown himself, left a lovely message in the live chat earlier on to steer you lovely people towards where you can avail of this video service. So you can watch on YouTube. I believe you can watch on Facebook. You can watch via Twitter. You can watch on all the major streaming platforms at the moment if you just search for TNT Radio. Uh, also, of course, you can listen in on our website, which is tntradio.live. And also you can download the TNT Radio app from the Google Play Store and the App Store onto your listening device of choice and stay perpetually connected with us for all eternity here on TNT Radio. And we are, of course, broadcasting live from the Gold Coast in Australia, but we're connecting with people all over the world, uh, yourselves and the people that are presenting and doing the uh, audio-visual work, all the studio work. It's a, it's a global thing. It's not a globalist thing but it is a global thing. Now, coming up this hour, I'm going to be talking with Gemma Cooper again, and also the wonderful Ben Pyle will be joining me. He's on the road at the minute, but he's found himself a place that he can stop and set up shop and talk to me this morning live. So Ben will be joining me at about 20 past the hour. Before we get there, though, uh, just a few shout outs. Uh, First of all, I want to give... acknowledgement to a listener who's a fan of this show and uh, none other than Louise Fitzhenry. Louise Fitzhenry that's listening in from Queensland in Australia. Just a special shout out to you. I believe you're a fan of the show. So thank you very much uh, for the support in that direction. Uh, Vibs NI, the Vaccine Injured and Bereaved Support Group for Northern Ireland, have put a post up here. I had those guys on the show Probably about a month ago, they're really pushing to have um, a hearing at Stormont, which is supposed to be our centre of government here in Northern Ireland, uh, but they're having difficulty securing the property because they need support from unionist and nationalist politicians. They've got some uh, unionist support. They can't get any nationalist support. Uh, Thousands of people in Northern Ireland uh, have been directly injured or bereaved as a result of COVID-19 injections on our MLAs or uh, members of parliament have refused to give us a voice in the main. So on multiple occasions, they requested an event in uh, parliament buildings. Uh, So those who have been affected most severely could be heard, yet SDLP and Sinn Féin have blocked it by refusing to sign and blocking their MLAs from signing it. So far, the only signatures are two DUP signatures. So if you can, please uh, avail of their website, message them at info at V-I-B-S hyphen ni.co.uk and show them your support or add some weight to the push that they currently have on to have their voices heard. And last week, I actually was talking with Alex Mitchell uh, from the Vibs Group in the UK. They have organised a case where they're taking AstraZeneca to court. At this point in time, it's in the preliminary stages. So uh, these Vibs groups are becoming very, very active, thankfully. Uh, the people that have been injured as a result of uh, pharmaceutical experimentation are not going away. They're not uh, sitting back silently and being pushed under the carpet. They're being very, very proactive in what they're trying to do at the minute. So please, if you can, uh, give them some support. Also in Ireland, Ireland will be responsible for a larger portion of asylum seekers per capita than nearly all other European countries under new 
EU plans. Now, here's the thing. Ireland is uh, not a very densely populated place. There's only roughly uh, six, seven million people on the whole island of Ireland. But per capita, we're taking in more people than just about anyone else and paying people more money to come here than just about anywhere else. So if you're under any illusion as to why people are flooding to Ireland from uh, Albania and Somalia and Eritrea and Nigeria and everywhere else under so-called threat of persecution and death, a lot of the times it's because this is the land that flows with milk and honey. The benefits here are astronomically high compared to the rest of the EU. And now we're being told that radical reforms will see a fair share approach to migration based on population size and GDP. So Ireland will be responsible for a larger portion of asylum seekers per capita than nearly all other European countries under new EU plans. The new Migration and Asylum Pact is seeking to radically overhaul the bloc's approach to migration and is expected to be completed in advance of the end of the current European political term next summer. So there's a lot of talking uh, within the ranks in Ireland and even the government are starting to hold their hands up and say, you know what, uh, we don't really have anywhere else to put people at the moment and we're going to have to cut down the benefits that are being paid at the moment because some people were on benefits of €220 Euro per week plus their accommodation and one thing and another. And uh, some of them were actually working on top of that. They were making more money than people that were working full time as Irish citizens themselves. So maybe, uh, just maybe, this will result in an overturning of that. Uh, there's simply nowhere to put these people. Tents, repurposed office blocks, army barracks are being used at the minute. It's not on. It's not good. And Ireland has its own uh, homeless population a population of around about 12,000 people that need to have roofs put over their heads. Those people should be seen to as a priority rather than bringing in tens of thousands of people from overseas and then sticking them in hotels, which wrecks the tourist industry as well. So that's just a little bit of uh, updates on what's going on domestically here in Ireland. Please stay tuned. Gemma Cooper is on her way here. In fact, she is here and she's going to be popping up in your screen anytime now here on TNT Radio. Your voice heard here. The government needs to step up and do its job. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Gemma, just before we get to the Ule's business, uh, it is nice to see these Vibs groups uh, are starting to come together. And not only are they coming together just for support one amongst each other, but they're actually pushing now. They're pushing governments and they're pushing uh, Big Pharma to try and get some justice and acknowledgement for the the positions that they find themselves in, either bereaved or injured and unable to work, and they're not rolling over and they're not allowing things to overshadow what's happening in their lives. They're actually coming together in groups and they're pushing hard now uh, to get some results and get some action. What do you think about that? Oh, I think this AstraZeneca case is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the, the fact that they are taking on the 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 untouchables, you know, that they've been indemnified by governments and, and you know, the government was was preparing to pay people and has paid quite a few people now the maximum 120,000 you can be paid by the UK government uh, for being vaccine damaged or having a relative that died. But the, the action they're taking is genius. They're taking AstraZeneca to, AstraZeneca to court under the Consumer Protection Act. It's, it's mm -hmm. an absolute wonderfully good piece of legislation in this instance because it protects the consumer from having a faulty product. 
And what they're saying about AstraZeneca is that the claims about its safety were were misleading, uh, that it, it obviously didn't do what it said on the tin uh, in terms of the product it was. And they could, if they win, there's eight, there's other, it could cost AstraZeneca 80 million, um, which could be a million pound payout for every person that comes forward that's currently waiting in the wings. But of course, then you'll have everybody around the world looking and thinking, wow, is my myocarditis related to my my jab I had is my high blood pressure, my thrombosis related to the jab. I mean, it could it could see the end for pharmaceutical companies if they have to start bearing the brunt of products which were sold as a lie, effectively. And mm. any other product on the market that you sold as a lie, the product's taken off the market. So to bring it under the Consumer Protection Act here in the UK, and they do think they have a case. I'm 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 certain they have a case. The pharmaceutical will, will come out all guns blazing with the best lawyers in the world. But you can't argue with the amount of damage and death that these things have caused, and the fact that AstraZeneca was withdrawn pretty bloody quickly, but not quickly enough compared to other European countries when they realised what it was actually doing. So yeah, let's see how it goes. And they've got courage, these people, because to take on big pharma, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to do it. I'd do it if I was forced to do it. But you never know what dirty, underhand tricks they will result to 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 not lose this case. Yeah, and don't forget as well, they're not just taking on big pharma, but a lot of the people that are taking on big pharma, they're doing it on a backdrop of either being their lives have been destroyed by the products that big pharma have uh, thrust upon them, or they've maybe lost a loved one. So it's not an easy job uh, to recount what you've been through or to suffer the pain that you're going through. I mean, for example, last week, uh, Alex Mitchell uh, who was one of the representatives for the FIBS group uh, within the UK. He kindly came on, but he was on his way to a hospital appointment to get a prosthetic, a new prosthetic leg fitted on because he's in chronic pain. And the first guest that I was supposed to have on that day, uh, Claire Hibbs, unfortunately, she had to be called to an emergency hospital appointment on the same day. So here we have two representatives from the Vibs group uh, who wanted to come on to push their cause. And both of them were actually either unwell or in pain. And that's just talking to me here on TNT Radio. How much more so going through the stresses of a legal suit and having to travel to and from courts and stand up there and present your case for a so-called judge or a panel to get what's rightfully yours. So huge respect for those people. And uh, we'll do our best to give them as much publicity, Gemma, I think wherever we can, because it's imperative uh, that they get some kind of justice here, if nothing else, but just to provide themselves with a de decent standard of living uh, for the rest of their time that they have here uh, on this good old uh, planet Earth. But for now, we've got to hop across to another story here. We touched on it briefly in the last hour with Imperial College providing information to Sadiq Khan, your favourite gentleman, uh, Sadiq Khan, and he's also a favourite of Ben Pals, uh, who's waiting, chomping at the bit to talk to me in the next uh, <laughs> in the next part of the show about uh, Sadiq's debunking that's been going on. Apparently, it's all been a load of old tosh. Uh, the figures and the statistics that he's been totting out about clean air and finding motors have been a load of old bunkum coming from good old Imperial College London. Who would have thought it? Well, it's not just Imperial. I mean, yes, Imperial College London backed up the figures that he was talking about. Um, but it's, this is the Advertising Standards Agency now weighing in and saying it's going to uphold complaints about Khan's um, advertising, the £9 million worth of, of public money that he spent promoting the ultra-low emission zones in London and Greater London at the first part of this year. Yeah, Imperial College London manipulated this, uh, backed up the findings of manipulated statistics. Um, the ads uh, received nearly 600 complaints 
complaints from members of the public saying you need to prove the claims in these ads that uh, ULEZ ultra low emission zones have halved the nitrogen oxide levels. That's what these adverts were saying on radio, in newspapers. Uh, I'm not sure if they're only on television in, in the London area, but certainly radio and in newspapers. Um, and it said, yeah, yeah, we've we've reduced nitrogen oxide dioxide by half. Um, it's all down to ULEZ. Um, most of the deaths now are outside of London because we're so good at reducing pollution. It's been an amazing success. So people said, right, we'll prove it. Prove it, Mr. Khan. Prove these claims. Where are they coming from? And they were coming from flawed modelling, flawed data. Sound familiar? Flawed modelling that put the whole world on lockdown. You know, people took the vaccines because they were lied to. Turns out, and they've been quite generous with the language here. Turns out Sadiq Khan has misled and exaggerated the, pu to, uh, the public. Uh, I'd say lied, exactly the same as the last three and a half years. We've been mm -hmm. lied to. Um, and the Department of Transport for London are set to be ad admonished by the Advertising Standards Agency. This is all because a, a report has been leaked. It's not actually properly out in the public domain yet, but the Advertising Standards Authority draft report has been leaked. Um, and that they're, they're going to basically give them a slap on the wrist. I mean, the damage is done. The ads are out there and ULES has been brought in. But it does show they will stop at nothing. If they want a policy brought in, they will lie. If they want you to take a jab, they will lie. If they want you to go on lockdown, they will lie. If they want ULIS, they will lie. Um, and and it, all the big players are brought in. Imperial College London, who put us on lockdown due to flawed modelling in the first place, they've now put London as a ULIS zone. So, yeah, uh, nobody will be surprised that he has lied, but he has been caught out. And the Advertising Standards Authority, they're quite a rigorous body. If you complain to them about an advert, they will investigate properly. And if they feel there is no case, they'll tell you there's no case. You know, you just didn't like the ad. Tough luck. In this instance, they're upholding a couple of the complaints on radio and on oh, one on TV, actually. Um, and, and they're saying, yeah, I, don't do it again. And we're going to be watching you. So they're lying, but they're getting found out quick, which is good. And it's all down to the amount of people that complained in the first instance. People in London who don't agree with you, Les, maybe people from around the country. But yeah, people power once again, just like let's hope with the AstraZeneca case. People power, the pushback we're now seeing is beginning to work. Let's hope so. Yeah, uh, uh, and also uh, it's interesting that Imperial College in London, how on earth they're continuing to be used as a reference point or a go-to place for statistical modelling is beyond me. You've got to ask yourself some serious questions after they got it so wrong with swine flu, with bird flu, uh, with with uh, COVID. Now with the ULES figures, uh, they're a dead duck. And we talked as well in the last hour about uh, somebody who's uh, one of the heads of Imperial College London. She's just got a £186,000 a year pay rise uh, for some of the information that ultimately her departments have been feeding across the city can to bring this out. And now, obviously, it's been overturned. With a with a with an organization like that, I would have thought that reputation was everything. So if your reputation starts to get tarnished because you're rolling out dud figures, once is bad enough, Gemma. But they've been doing this for decades after decades after decades. And Neil Ferguson, I don't, I think he's still in a job. Uh, they're still going to him for statistical modeling. It's like going to you know, imagine you want an extension on your house and you get a builder in and he puts the walls up sideways and the conservatory falls down and you. Keep going back to that builder when you want more structure work done in your house would that not be a sign of absolute madness on your part but yet that's what ha seems to be the case with the british government they keep going back to imperial college london are they just desperate to be screwed over are they are they, have they lost all control of their mind what do you think it is why do they keep going back there 
Well, I don't think that they've got it so wrong. You know, you say you alluded it to that oh, bird flu, swine flu. They didn't get it wrong. They got it right. They got it right for the people that they want, who are telling them what to do and want these models being brought out so that the public go, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know, and then we must do this and we must do that. Oh, thankfully, we're not falling for it anymore. But I think they're all in this big club together and they, they, they behind the scenes, it's very carefully orchestrated and they still are seeing how many people will fall for the information that they pump out. So I think they get it wrong in terms of what the reality is and how we see it. But in terms of the, the puppet masters pulling the strings, I think they, they're getting it right for them. They're the people they yeah. work for. It's the people above them, isn't it? It's not the people that's not for our benefit ever. It's for this kind of shadowy group of people that are like trying to force a particular type of behavior and, and control mechanism onto us. So they go to their favored players. Go on, Neil, do it again. Say this, say that. You know, I mean, he should have been fired with foot and mouth. End of. If yeah. we did our jobs like that, he, we'd be fired. Uh, and of course, he he the 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 excuse is well. Listen, it's a worst case scenario. Okay, we've got to look at the worst case scenario. Well, that's fine. I mean, if you ask me today, Rick, what's the worst case scenario if there's a new outbreak of uh, bird flu? I could say, well, the worst case scenario is we could lose ten million people. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to happen. And how on earth? Can I justify that anyway? A lot of these figures are plucked out of thin air and then they're wheeled out to the public and then no questions are asked. And then when they're proved to be lies, they say, oh, well, you know, it was just the worst case scenario. It was maybe never going to be like that in the end of the day. So Neil Young, uh, Neil Young, <laughs> Neil Young he's another <laughs> scumbag. Uh, Neil Ferguson, uh, he gets uh, to see another day. Poor old, Neil Young was 78, apparently. What what a, uh, we're not going to, we haven't got time to go into Neil Young right now, but Neil Ferguson, Neil Young, two cheeks of the same arse as they say, but for now, uh, Gemma, we've got to uh, call time on this one. So thank you very much for your contributions and uh, we'll talk again tomorrow. That's Gemma Cooper. We'll be back after this short break with uh, the one and only Ben Pyle, so please don't go away. This is TNT Radio. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song, or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob, recognize daddy again after a long time just melted my heart and now as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones united through reading is also available to veterans learn more about united through reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org 
If you're still wearing a cloth or surgical mask around in public, you're guilty of spreading COVID misinformation. It really is that simple. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, let's get down to business. This is Locked and Loaded. This is TNT Radio. I'm Rick Mann, and I'm joined by my old sparring partner, uh, none other than Ben Pyle. He's beaming in live here from an undisclosed location somewhere in the United Kingdom. He's an independent researcher. He's a writer. He's a skeptic. Who would have believed a skeptic of environmentalism and war? And you can follow him if you use the X platform at Climb 8, C-L-I-M 8, Resistance uh, on X. And also he has a website, climatedebate.co.uk. Ben, we have a ton of stuff to get through this morning. I want to talk about some of the reports that you've been working on. Before I do, it would be remiss of me uh, to give you your moment of glory here, basking in the uh, uh, humiliation of old Sadiq Khan, who's one of your favorite people on planet Earth. We've been covering this already this morning. Uh, he's been debunked and he's been debunked publicly. Uh, some of the lies that he's been perpetrating, according to uh, some of the uh, facts that you've been putting together, is that there were 4,000 deaths as a result of air pollution, health effects, stunted lungs, health benefits of ULES zones, quality of sands, blah, 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 blah. Imperial College dropped the ball again. How do you feel about that this morning? Uh, well, it's a period victory, I would, I would say. Who... <laughs> Who could run an institution like Imperial College? Um, I, I, the, the other story out today, you see, is that the Imperial College vice president got a pay rise, not yep. just pay, a pay rise of £180,000. Uh, well, there are, there are lots of people who are living on 10% of that as their annual income never mind a rise of this amount and all they do is uh, what we call it let's call it rick let's call it rise for lies because because they are the people who put out endless climate i'm not going to be able to use the words probably on on this platform they put out all all of the all of the same word on on covid and they've done the same with air pollution and so and sadiq khan is um of course dependent on all of that being the climate warrior the covid warrior and the air pollution warrior um and lies just don't see lies and um what people think what ordinary people think of these kind of little hitler's policies doesn't make any difference to the these chaps and i would remind people and and uh i i i <laughs> For my sins, I voted for the, the the chap in 2016 when I lived in London. Couldn't afford to live there two years later, so I had to move out. But uh, I, I voted for him in 2016. He his opposite number, Zach Goldsmith, and he's the reason is the reason I voted for uh, Sadiq Khan because not only was I not going to vote for Zach Goldsmith, I was going to vote for anyone. Uh, you know, I was going to vote to make sure he didn't get in because he's a he's a green multi 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 millionaire, and um, he, he's he's an awful zealot. And and um, uh, uh, I, I thought maybe there'd be some something quite different, but um, it, it turns out that um, Zach Goldsmith's brother works for this enormous, the, the biggest philanthropic foundation in the UK, which pumps something like uh, 200 million pounds a year into green or campaigning organizations. Um, and then um, as soon as Khan was elected, uh, the, the, the the chief grant making, some you know, grant making uh, exec called Shirley Rodriguez uh, left 
this this philanthropic organization and became Sadiq Khan's deputy for energy and environment. So whichever way you voted, you got this green billionaire. You know, you get you get some green in the, the, the tentacles of the green blob reaching into the institutions that you voted for. So Londoners have, Londoners have had no choice. And you can be, I mean, you can, of course, if someone had voted green, um, uh, you know, so, 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 uh, you've got the same policies from a, from a green candidate and you've got the same candidate uh, policies from a Lib Dem candidate and, and possibly a number of the independent candidates as well. I mean, the chances of an independent candidate, you know, really, really throwing out what the old parties are very, very slim. So people vote what they think what they think is tactically, but, um, uh, you, you know, this is going to be a very difficult, that's a sort of, um, which people think. Okay. You're, you're yeah. breaking up a, t you're breaking up like a tad there. 2016. I was, I was about to say there, you, sorry, you're uh, breaking up a touch, okay. but you've just came back again, just as we're going to the news though, one thing I would say is, uh, an important point. Uh, that you brought up there about the pay rise of one of the chiefs of Imperial College. She actually got a £186,000 mm. pay increase. It would appear to be, if uh, in, in the normal world, if you and I were working a job, we would probably get performance-related pay if we were working for a good company. So the more good that you did and the more productive you were or the more business you brought in for a company, the more that you would be paid. It seems to work inversely in Imperial College London, it's the more you screw up or the more you're out in your predictions or your statistical modeling is absolutely atrocious. It seems to be there on an inverted performance related pair. It's like, a, a, you know, a lies or ineptitude related pay. The more inept and the more lies that they tell, the more money that they get paid at the end of the week or the end of the month, or in this case, at the end of the year, an extra 186,000 quid a year, which is absolutely ludicrous. But we've got to take a quick uh, break now just for the news. When we come back, I want to look at what you've been working on uh, in your spare time. You've been very, very busy producing uh, reports and one thing and another and some other uh, business linked in with that. We'll touch on that when we come back here after this short break on TNT. Don't go away. Question. Huh? What are you guys doing today? The news. TNT Radio News. Sounds good. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. There were incredible scenes in Spain over the weekend where tens of thousands of people took to the street in Madrid protesting the country's socialist prime minister. Moscow claims to have turned the tables on the West as its sanctions failed to crash the Russian economy. And Israel has been accused of resorting to increasingly wild disinformation online as it loses its grip on the narrative surrounding the war in Gaza. On air and on the app. I listen on the app. Stay up to date around the clock. I listen, therefore I know. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, just before uh, we get back into it with Ben again here, just a massive thanks to everyone that's been leaving uh, kind messages in the live chat. There's some disagreements going on in the live chat as well. Some people are fighting in there, but hey, that's why we love the live chat. There's never a dull moment. Some people are really loving the new visual format, talking about mounting TV screens on their uh, kitchen walls so they can watch us at all times. Other people are saying, you know what, uh, Molly Bite said they prefer the radio broadcast. Well, listen, it's all good because to get the radio broadcast, all you have to do is switch off your TV screen. Uh, nothing has changed in terms of the actual content, the content's exactly the same, but you now just have the option 
to view it on either YouTube or Rumble or BitChute or Odyssey or Facebook or any of the other major platforms. So the good thing about TNT is uh, you can make it work the way you want it to work. If you prefer to just listen, you can do that. If you prefer to stick to your screens and look at our mugs bobbing around, then you can do that as well. The choice is yours, people. So uh, thank you all anyway for the lovely comments uh, in the live chat. Now, Ben, you've been feverishly working on a project now uh, for quite some time. I've been trying to pin, pin you down to get you on here but you've been very busy with it but i believe it's completed now what exactly have you been up to we produced this is we so this is my, my organization climate debate uk which i co-founded and together um which is together with together they should have had mm -hmm. a different name shouldn't they but the together mm -hmm. association led by alan miller who i think does saturdays occasionally on tnt he does um he does uh yeah we um well, we produced a report in the spring, early spring, on the Sadiq Khan's biggest claim, which is that 4,000 people die each year in London because of air pollution. So I looked into the science and that, and uh, that came up nothing. Actually, what we did, what, I mean, this is one of the reasons for the report, is I wrote to the, um, I wrote to Professor Brady of Imperial College. He's the, he's the, uh, the top, the top knob there. And um, he was unimpressed by what we had to say. Was was didn't didn't want to take any notice of of what we said. And he said uh, that the professor that had produced the scientific claims or had overseen at least the 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 the, the uh, stuff from Imperial that says four thousand people die. Um, he he didn't want to enter into a conversation about the, the nature of that that claim, which is complete bunk. It's. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I read, read our earlier report for, for 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 that. So the question that sort of remains then, if we can see for ourselves, and this is not, it's not even a controversial statement, um, and we revisit it in our new report. Um, uh, so so our new our new report um, was was sort of well, how is that possible? How is it possible that these institutions with budgets of a billion pounds a year or billion dollars or well, possibly more than a billion. How is it possible that when you say, oh, excuse me, I think you've got your sums wrong, mm -hmm. how is it possible that they, they persist? And how is it possible that, you know, if you, you'd imagine if you're a professor and someone said, you've got your sums wrong, the, the impulse would be to go, oh, gosh, have I? Oh, God. Well, you know, let's, let's go through it together and see if we can find some level of agreement. No, none of it, none of it. And 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 the, the conclusion is that, that, well, not necessarily from the report, but my conclusion about this is that, that reality, that they don't have a monopoly on reality. We all mm -hmm. have connections to reality. So really what, what science and, uh, you know, what or institutions like Imperial College are going to be about is, is creating reality, not, 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 being in, in touch with the real reality because anyone could do that um so we so I, I we looked at the politics of this and we looked at what organizations what are the money flows who's paying for this research where does it come from um uh, and where does it go and we find the same faces over and over again so what the report does it looks at uh, and I'm just just a handful. This is it's just scratching the surface of the of the politics of, of this stuff and we point out uh, someone like Bill Gates right not necessarily yep. the 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 main green billionaire but he he uh we, we're interested in him because obviously there's a covid connection there's a parallel with covid in air pollution and climate change um and so bill gates has given an organize uh, the, the 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 world health organization 4.7 billion dollars mm -hmm. um and some might say that's giving to a good cause but i say 
There's no such thing as charity when the sums involved are $4.7 billion. You're, you're calling the shots at this point. And in yeah. fact, that's what the, the previous director of the WHO said. She said, I go around the world my ha with my hat in my hand and us begging for money. And then basically all of that money is coming with strings. She's admitting it. And then we're yeah. finding researchers, uh, scientific researchers, Scientists studying diseases as far back as the mid 2000s saying Bill Gates, is, and this was when his donations were a fraction of what they are now, researchers saying this is having a stifling effect on our research because we can't go down ways that the philanthropists don't want us to go down so so that's that's one layer that's that's the health institutions and then and then we can see other billionaires you see following that point on that point, Ben, just uh, because I don't want to lose that, uh, Natalie asked a question earlier on uh, in, in, in the show before you came on. We were talking about funding. So let's just talk about funding for a second here. You mentioned the amount of money the Bill Gates Foundation, for example, was pumping into the World Health Organization. We know that places like Imperial College London get funding from external sources. And of course, the larger the donations, I would say it's safe to say that it correlates with the amount of influence they have. Is that one of the reasons why? despite all their multiple failures and getting it wrong on so many issues so many times that Imperial are still going, it's because of the amount of money that's being pumped into them from external sources that are effectively buying the output that they're pumping out of their uh, their, 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 their research centres. Yes, so, so Bill Gates sets that model and he's given Imperial College $320 million, which is you know, roughly mm. speaking ballpark, 10% of what he's given the WHO. And he's given the same to a number of UK organisations. So, so we think that establishes the model of control over agencies and research to a degree that needs to be investigated. We're not saying that this is necessarily £320 million going to Imperial College that's necessarily nefarious. It might be There might be some value to it, but it gives him nonetheless a position that the public can't, even the public en masse, the whole of the UK population, probably couldn't raise that much money through philanthropic uh, means uh, to to give to to the you know to to put towards their own research priorities. So then we look at the greener billionaires, the ones who are more easily identified with climate change and so on, and they're trying they're buying themselves that they're, they're buying their ways into uh, into global agencies and academia and and research and civil society organisations too. Not quite the same the same degree yet, as far as we can tell. But nonetheless, um, that they're buying their way in, and then and then um, we we look at the same those same organisations are are um, basically climate change and air pollution are related in quite an interesting way because air pollution is a very minor part of the green agenda, so it's like a microcosm of the the broader philanthropic uh, the role of philanthropy in global politics and national politics. Um, and so it's like a, it's like a, a proxy battle of the climate war, and it, so it's very very easy to it's much easier to look at air pollution than it is to sort of fully take apart the other stuff. So it turns out that that, that air pollution is is just funded by climate change um, philanthropic foundations. So these strategic organisations, strategic funding organisations, um, and it's a way of just trying to circumvent national politics. So it's uh, so national democratic politics, that is. So they say, oh, you know, climate change has just morphed into this 
local issue, seemingly local issue. So, so get rid of cars because of air pollution and you've solved the, the climate change um, uh, a problem. Because, uh, they, they, you know, they knew that if national governments were going to ban cars tomorrow, that would be the end of the national government. But they know that if they give local authorities the, 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 the powers to harass people out of their cars, LTNs, I'm surrounded by an LTN here, actually, it's a pain, complete pain to live near. Um, uh, it, it, the, uh, the, um, the, yeah, so, so, so the, it's, it's going, it's going around the back. It's circumventing democracy, national democracy and local democracy um, uh, to try and achieve the same effect that with, uh, that, that would be too unpopular to impose nationally. Um, so that's all in the report, um, which is, well well, I was going to say to you, on that basis, uh, so if we take that figure of $320 million that Imperial College got from the Gates Foundation, just for example, and as you say, we can't apportion that all to nefarious purposes. Maybe uh, some of it was used for some benefit. Let's give them some leeway there. It would go away towards explaining how, for example, they can afford to increase someone's pay by £186,000 a year. Effectively, that's just a drop in the bucket when you're dealing with figures like £320 million that people like us could never crowdfund or raise ourselves through philanthropic purposes. Now, let me ask you one other question uh, before uh, we go into our next break. Repercussions or fallout from this. So, Khan has effectively implemented this scheme uh, within London based on uh, dodgy information, which is now uh, out in the public domain. Number one, is there any repercussions for Sadiq Khan? And number two, could this be a result or could a result of this be that there will be an overturning of the ULES scheme, for example, in London or uh, the, the, the systems or the zones that you have that you're dealing with in Oxford? If they are proven to be based on dodgy information, can we expect to see a reversal of that? Can we expect to see these schemes scrapped? Because we know they're making tens of millions of pounds already. Uh, I can't see the government rolling over and just getting uh, rid of them, even if they are based on lies and bunk them. Uh, what do you think about that? Can we expect? No, absolutely not. If we don't do anything ourselves, they're going to carry on walking over us and they're going to carry on, carry on making all these decisions, whatever we think. We have to we have to chuck Khan out. We have to throw these kind of governments out. We have to stop them. So join together, I would suggest, uh, or, uh, and, and listen to people like Rick's uh, radio, I was going to say mm -hmm. TV show. Is it a TV show now? Is it a radio well, show? Both now. Both. Yeah, <laughs> right. And yeah, yeah. And you and you got you've got to you've got to uh, you've got to organise locally. If there's nothing that, that suits you locally, you have to get together, meet people in the pub or the coffee shop or whatever, see what people think. You, uh, there there can be no expectations of the old the legacy parties, the old parties. Uh, it has to be done democratically through people saying no to this stuff and getting rid of those those tired old. Um, has-beens who, 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 who have fallen for this green stuff for entirely self-serving reasons. Like, none of them really believe it, ultimately. None of, it's not, not, you know, no one, no one buys the idea that, that life is better without a car, um, it, it, you know, it, it, or, or greater expense or great, higher energy bills. So, so we have to do it together. We have to, we, you know, it's, um, there's, no, there's no, you can debunk everything every day. And and often it's to very little effect. Um, yeah, I think so, it, so it has to translate. It has to translate into 
physical action in the real world. So effectively, what I'm trying to do here by getting you on the show and providing, uh, presenting the research that you've done as well, that should really be just used as a catalyst to get people to come together, to get people to collectively say no in acts of mass non-compliance rather than just uh, talking about facts and figures on the radio. But you need the facts and figures to be able to validate your position. But once you've validated your position, then if it doesn't translate into real-world action, well, then it will just simply re remain as more statistics or more online talk that doesn't actually get anything done in the real world. So hopefully, fingers crossed, as a result of what you're doing and what we're trying to do here, it's not just about bringing information to people, which is, of course, what we're about, bringing factual information to people and debunking these uh, these stories that the government are trying to peddle to us, but we're trying to push people in towards taking affirmative action in the real world and organize groups and an act of peaceful mass non-compliance because if we don't factor that in with the work that we're doing then we're just going to get more stats and facts and figures that are going to take us absolutely nowhere so we've got to take a little break as per right now just for another uh ad break and when we come back i want to look at some of the other items that you've been highlighting on your social media streams that are worthy of discussion here so please don't go away we'll be right back after this short break on tnt radio give me a minute with tnt radio's steve malsberg thanksgiving's less than a week away and if you're planning on taking your kids to the thanksgiving day parade the macy's parade in new york city or watching it on tv with the kids Think again, give serious consideration, because Fox News reports that as of Tuesday, 20,000 outraged people have signed a petition posted by one million moms protesting the inclusion of two Broadway shows in the parade, both of which feature transgender and non-binary performers in major roles. Yes, indeed. Think again. Here's Kristen Wagoner with Alliance Defending Freedom. Just another example of an ideological war that's being waged on families and customers are saying they've had enough, but it seems that corporate brands that were once trusted just still aren't getting the message. So I think you're seeing parents stand up, rise up and say, we're gonna parent and we expect our family-friendly events to truly be family-friendly and not teach our children values that we object to. We need to understand very clearly that these ideologies that are being peddled in films and in our school systems are designed to pit children against their parents. And it's time for parents to not stand on the sidelines, but to truly use their influence. Folks, don't let your kids be indoctrinated. Find something else to do. Don't let them watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Make sure you tune into my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT Radio. On a virtual road, you can test the limits of your driving ability to see how fast you can go under the most extreme conditions, like when it's dark, when the weather's bad, or when the unexpected happens. The higher the speed, the harder the impact. But driving isn't a game or a race. When you're on the road, just 10 miles per hour over the limit can mean the difference between life and death. You're responsible for people's lives and your own. Slow down and save lives. Rick Mon is locked and loaded on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Okay, we're down to the last 14 minutes of the show here today on Monday, the 20th of November, 2023. Thank you very much to everyone, by the way, for all your lovely comments in the live chat. I'm not able to pick up on all of them now because I'm super multitasking. I noticed one comment, however, uh, I think it was maybe somebody thought I was advocating for vigilante behavior on TNT radio. Absolutely not. I don't know how many times I've stressed that uh, we don't advocate violence here on TNT radio and we believe the way forward forward is through peaceful non-compliance. So uh, I'm not going all Charles Bronson death wish on you this morning. No, the message hasn't changed from TNT Radio. We don't advocate violence. We advocate peaceful non-compliance as a way to resist and overturn the powers that be. And if enough people do it and we experience that critical mass, then we shall get results without having to resort to violence or bloodshed or breaking windows or throwing petrol bombs or any other types of unsavory behavior. Uh, so I just hope that clears that one up. Now, Ben, uh, some of the other things uh, that you'd highlighted that I want to pick up on as well that brought a smile to my face. Uh, you, you posted up a, a message from our very own Mark Morano. Uh, Biden's National Climate Assessment Report has said or acknowledged that LGBTQ plus people are more vulnerable to the climate crisis, uh, which made me smile. So sexual and gender minorities face social, economic and health disparities and as a result experience greater harm from climate uh, change. Now, can you explain that to me in very simple layman's terms? I'm not, I don't think you can because it's complete uh, tosh, but how can they push this now that uh, your sexual orientation could somehow have an effect on how uh, susceptible you are to climate change? How, how, how are they pushing that one now? You, you'd have to ask them, if, but the it would be interesting to, and well, it wouldn't be interesting to find out though, would it? It would be, it would be so boring. It would be it, the, these the the people the, the logic in these people's heads. I think is just like well, it's it's fiction. It's all fiction, and they 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 there's always an effort to sort of our agenda, um, you know, is going to be good for all of the. It's it's a way of plugging one agenda into another, isn't it? It's just the climate change is climate change is very abstract and remote, and it, I mean. It's, it's it's ideological it's pure ideology whereas equality is something that's easier to understand and um and another i mean another uh, i think one of the things that these kind of claims do is they kick out anyone with a brain and that so, so there's quite a function to that so, oh yeah you know um solving climate change is good for people of color and and, and uh whatever the terms are as well and and then, and then yeah. The, oh yeah of course of course it is of course it is but if you if you think well how then you get oh you're a denier you're a far right denier you're a blah, blah, this that and the other so it's kind of it's kind of like a, a, a what do you call it a shibboleth like kind of it's a, it's a password like kind of it, it's the, it's the dynamic of a cult you know if you've ever if you've ever seen like a the way cults work, it's 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 not to sort of bring people in and brainwash them. It's to only make accessible to um, people who, who who are ready to appear to believe crazy things. So you know, so, so like a consensus. Are, are you willing to sort of um, suspend your critical, you know, rational functions and yeah. join our group? Um, so it's kind of self-reinforcing thing. The more people, the, the sort of, you, you, and and then people will find themselves ostracised. 
people on a university. Some, you know, someone th may be thinking of doing a paper, a research, um, like we've done, saying this, this, that, or the other is nonsense. They're going to find themselves pushed out um, of the university um, or, or, or whatever kind of organization it is. It's kind of, yeah, that's, I think that's the dynamic. It's interesting. Uh, use the word use the word abstract uh, when it comes to the whole climate change, you know, uh, global warming, whatever way you want to put it. Uh, last week we covered a story where I believe it was either somebody, a spokesperson for the WEF or the WHO, had come on to say, "Listen, during the uh, vaccine rollout, uh, there was a lot of mixed messaging going on there, so uh, it wouldn't, it didn't achieve the full take up that we wanted it to, uh, and also the climate thing is providing to be a little bit too abstract." For most people to get their heads around so they're going to talk about uh they, they mentioned a water crisis they said when the water crisis comes people understand water or not having water they'll get that one all right but in their own words they said that this climate thing is a little bit too abstract are people genuinely a little bit confused or they simply look out their window and they're saying well you know what i'm not seeing any evidence of the things that sadiq khan's talking about i'm not seeing children grasping their chests and dying with asthma attacks in the streets of London. I'm not seeing 4,000 deaths as a result of exhaust emissions. Is it too abstract for them? Have they over-egged the pudding when it comes to this? And has it simply gone over the public's heads? Because none of the schemes that are being brought in have been accepted, uh, willingly accepted. You look at what's happening in Oxford, you look at what's happening in Glasgow, you look at what's happening in London, and nobody's happy with these uh, attempts to change the world and save the environment. Uh, you know, wind power, uh, solar power is not cutting the mustard either. Still largely fossil fuels or, or hydrocarbons are going towards powering power stations. You know, is the bubble starting to burst in this one, do you think, Ben? Uh, the connection's a little bit, oh, it's uh, sorted out now. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's abstract on abstract on abstract. And, mm -hmm. and, and, there, it, and, and that's, it's just pure ideology at this point. The, the the ideology is deeper than the idea of climate change itself. The idea is um, like some kind of mystical balance. You know, the, you know, these people really do think in uh, as Gaia, as you know, like the Gaia hypothesis is something kind of spiritual that sort of maintains order in the world, not just mm -hmm. as a sort of uh, a physical process. So they and they think that 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 of course everything is going to be better if everything is sustainable. Sustainable in air quotes, if you're listening. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that you know. So of of course, if you if you um, have green energy, then there'll be uh, more jobs and more uh, 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 more money because that is a good thing and good and and you know good things come from good things. It's kind of it, it, there's a lot of like really quite shallow symbolic thinking um which is beyond which is beyond abstract and uh, i mean it's, i know i noticed yesterday someone some uh, climate scientists tweeting about how the world had briefly surpassed two degrees of warming on one form of analyzing global temperature and um well nobody noticed and this is the point i keep mate making is that um, compared to 1990, and this I, I made this point in 2008. It's even bigger now. I should probably do the maths. Compared to 1990, 10,000 fewer infants—that's under fives—die every single day, and that's despite mm -hmm. uh, like a, a near doubling of the population since then. So, so, so if we're worried about bad things in the world, 
we're going in the right path. And so they've had to bat, they just have to battle reality all the time whilst claiming that they've got the grasp on reality that we're denying. Um, mm. uh, so, so, so ab abstract, I think they've got the grasp on reality that we're denying. Um, mm. uh, so, so, so ab abstract, I think is, um, is, is too subtle a word these days. Uh, yeah. uh, and we, we need to really look at green ideology. We need to take what's what's going on in these people's heads apart such that they don't see 10,000 fewer infant deaths a day as a wonderful thing that needs to be understood and expanded to the rest of the world that needs that level of development. These people are... Um, uh, they're sick, quite frankly. Environmentalism is a kind of political sickness. It's uh, it's it's as dark, I think, as ideologies we've seen in the past. And we need they need to be understand understood in those terms as well. There's one thing, though. Uh, I suppose you could look at this as a positive. There's one thing that people seem to be grasping on to is they're calling out hypocrisy uh, on the part of the people that are pushing these green agendas and these net zero agendas. They're calling out hypocrisy in terms of their use of uh, private jets, their use of worldwide global travel to push their agendas. When, for example, they could be doing business on Zoom like we're doing at the minute. So there was a story that came up here uh, just a few days ago. The BBC is under fire. For blatant hypocrisy with Panorama journalist Richard Bilton racking up a staggering 20,000 air miles uh, to cover climate change. So here we have a guy who's a reporter racking up the air miles, 20,000 miles. That's roughly uh, a certain of the globe, if you believe the world is a globe, of course, which we do here, but you know some people don't. But either way you want to look at it, uh, he circumnavigated the world effectively to make a documentary on climate change. And thus, ironically, adding to this climate change, if his ideology is to be believed, uh, is the hypocrisy going to be uh, one of the nails in these people's coffins as well? Because there's a lot of people calling it out. Gates got called out about it as well. And his uh, justification was, well, I'm pumping billions into tackling climate change. So that offsets my private jet emissions. And plus, I'm a czar in this issue. I'm leading the charge. I'm helping to save the world. So I'm excused. I've got an exemption from this. Is the hypocrisy going to be leading towards their downfall also. Yeah, well, we can say to Bill, who appointed you? Um, no, yeah. no, one, no one said you, we want Bill to be the climate czar. But he, uh, some people have said that hypocrisy is the point. That's a good, I think there's some, some merit to that, like kind of, or, or the BBC. We, you know, we travel thousands of miles and get paid really, really well at your expense so that you don't have to. You don't have to have the... Uh, you know the baggage of of being extremely wealthy and having nice homes and nice jobs and nice 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 options in front of you. You know, and I think people preaching about climate change from the steps of their private jets, the signal the signal is a new class. I think that's the a new you know new class structure. There's quite a few people who are observing, like uh, the the, you know, the formation of the old class systems are going. The new ones are being constructed. And that's some eco billionaires and so on at the top. It woke and eco billionaires, some some fake civil society organisations, and some some uh, you know global agencies under their under their sort of loose control. Um, you know and the alignment of everything according to that. I, um, not not to be conspiratorial about it. These are academics who are sort of uh, uh, you know who are not part of the mainstream perhaps, but they're sort of observing this sociologically. 
um, the, 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 you know, the, and so, so I think there's something in, in that, you know, the, the Harry and Meghan have no real business. Uh, maybe not even any of the royals have any, any business talking to us about any of this. No, neither the billionaires, but they do, right? And that, and uh, but that. So at the same time, it talks about a sort of um, new class. It talks about the collapse, collapse of those social structures. You've got the the Prince of Wales desperately sort of. Sorry, he's the king now, isn't he? Uh, but I think his son is doing the same thing, trying to pump up the WEF. So <laughs> at the same time as it's a new class emerging, it's the old classes trying desperately to protect themselves from oblivion and irrelevance. It's, um, it's interesting, though, you, the way you almost forgot that uh, the Prince of Wales is now actually uh, the King of England. That shows you what a damp squib his appointment uh, <laughs> to become the new leader, uh, so-called leader of the, you know, the Royals has become. It's another damp squib. I'm hoping, Ben, just as the more we talk over time, the more and more of these things get debunked and the more and more holes appear in the fabric of this uh, shenanigans and skullduggery known as climate change. Listen, we've got to call time on this for right now. Really appreciate you joining me here this morning. Thank you very much to everyone that has tuned in this morning to TNT Radio Live. Stay tuned. Uh, James Freeman is on the way. You can watch him, you can listen to him, and you can join us again tomorrow morning from 9 a.m. sharp UK time. We will be back, locked and loaded, lines open on TNT Radio. Have a great day, everyone.